0: All right. Good afternoon and welcome into the Morning Burrito Podcast. I'm Michael. I'm Eric. It is 12 o'clock on Wednesday. Yes. And uh, we're recording on a Tuesday where it's gloomy and gross outside. It's awesome outside. It's awful outside. It's great. No. It is great. No, Sunday was beautiful.
1: Sunday Sunday was gorgeous. It was good. But today sun. is today is great. I need sun. It, this, it's liquid sun. No. You know, there's something that... that just brings out the manliness on a gray day like
0: this. You know, you know, it's amazing that you say these sorts of things because a, you didn't grow up here. I didn't. Like, it'd be one thing if you grew up on the coast like your daughter, and you know, she says that stuff. Okay, I get it. She grew up that with that. That's all she knows. But you grew up in the Midwest. I grew up with sun matters
1: and sun and hot and sweaty pits my entire life. I love cold and gray.
0: By the way, speaking of cold and gray, you know, a place that doesn't get snow almost ever, a place that you spent many, many years. I know. I'm seeing pictures. Is getting blasted <laughs> with snow right now. Yeah.
1: The coast. Yeah. Which is crazy. The, coast, the coastal range, the Cascades, from the Cascades all over the coast is great. So everybody's going to the coast for spring break. <laughs>
0: Have fun crazy. with that. Yeah.
1: We had, uh, uh, we had people from uh, Idaho in church on Sunday. And they were passing through, and like nobody ever stops in Hermiston. So mm-hmm. I was like, "Why are you here?" And they said, "Well, we're on spring break, and we're going to the coast." It's like, "Where are you going, Lincoln City?" Oh, good. They're getting snow.
0: Have fun with that. <laughs> Enjoy the snow.
1: They could have stayed in Napa where it was snowing.
0: Hey, you—you uh, you were just commenting before we—we we started recording that uh, our our fancy uh, acoustic yeah, sound panels not, just not sticking not, very well.
1: Not, I'm not so impressed.
0: It's it's. On the one hand it's probably good that it doesn't stick super super well cuz then it means it it's not going to rip. Wall. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to rip off the paint, but at the same time I've had to work really hard at trying to keep <laughs> them on the wall.
1: Every time I walk by I'm like pushing it, you know. Long, well, on camera you guys can't tell it, but they're hardly hanging
0: there. Well, like Saturday, well, actually late last week, 3 of them fell off the wall and were just totally. laying there and I looked at it I was like, "Nah, I'm not going to worry about this right now." So Sunday morning, First thing I came over here and had these little,
1: when we bought these
0: deals, we got these little sticky, oh, the extras, they're double sided stickers, and uh, they're really sticky. Um, so the ones that I put those stickers on, they're, they're probably going to tear paint off when they come Great. back because it was really sticky stuff. Great. But I was like, why, you know, why give these? Why don't you just make the sticky that's on the back of those these?
1: Because that would be smart. <laughs>
0: like, why would you do it that way? Ay, ay, ay. Uh, anyway, so today, uh, we need to acknowledge, first of all, I'm sure you've heard the news about uh, Covenant Christian School yeah. in Nashville, um, Matt another mass school shooting, uh, three kids under third grade, third grader under, um, and then three uh, employees of the school um, passed away last last afternoon, I guess. Um, just horrendous, um, we're not gonna talk about that today. Uh you can get that news elsewhere. Um we do have a plan to comment on some of that uh here in the future, near future, but um but yeah, it's 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 tough. Like <laughs> it's tough well, watching these things.
1: Well we're not, gonna, we're not gonna talk about it, but I do want to comment on it though. Um because it's easy at times like this. I mean, we've already heard um, you know, in the news people talking, you know, uh gun control issues again, of course. It always comes up. Um, the person that did the shooting was transgender. Uh, and, you know, so we are hearing people jumping on the whole, you know, trans issues mm-hmm. um, and and mental illness issues. Um, so I guess I just want to caution us, you know, one, we have to have compassion, we've got to have compassion at a time like this for for that school, for that community and and be mindful of what the real issue was. Right. Evil was done. Yeah. And, and there's real evil in this world. And. And, uh, and so don't, I guess I want to just caution you listening that you just don't jump on the cultural bandwagons and the platforms that mm. we hear. But let's stay focused on, on the compassion uh, for these families and, and compassion for that community and just call it what it is. It's evil.
0: Yeah, um, and, and contrary to what media personalities and politicians may say, prayer actually matters. And you, yeah. can, you can say, I'm praying for that fam- those families and that school and that area, that community. Um, that does actually matter. And yeah. don't say it, you know, uh, don't say it empty. Uh, don't make it an empty thing that you're saying. But if you say it, mean it. But at the same time, uh, you know, they, you, the, the catchphrase is uh, enough of your prayers. We need action. Right. You know, that kind of stuff. Prayer is action. It is. It does matter. So, so we'll uh, so do that.
1: We'll, we'll get into this uh, on a different different show. But I yeah, guess that, like for today, I like we just can't let that pass.
0: Yeah, and to to look forward, Stay what focused. we're going to be doing is we're going to be talking about in light of um, this mass shooting and you know many that have happened over my lifetime at least. Um, evil versus uh, mental illness, like because we always want to attribute it to mental illness, but you know evil does exist. So in a future podcast, we are going to approach that and talk about that so yeah. but today we actually have i think a pretty cool topic to talk about it's um, the movie review it is movie review we are men on movies
1: men on movies M- burritos on, on movies burritos on movies uh, yeah. it's kind of like the kings of the couch sure yeah sure. only this is not a couch you
0: remember uh um uh, in living color, yes. The TV show, How could you not men, remember this? men on film, Mel, men on film, I and then remember it, that. it was David Allen Greer and Damon Wayans. They uh, they played the two gay guys and they had the snaps. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. It was anyway, it was really. It was, I tried to It was tune a great, all that out, it was a great sketch. Great sketch. They had men in film, men on sports, yeah. Anyway, um, we are we are not that, so no, definitely, but we are gonna, we, nah. are at, we are actually gonna look at uh, a movie today in light of. Culture and what is taking place, you know, just recently, um, and that is Jesus Revolution. We both have seen it now, and uh, spoiler alert: we're we going to get into it. We are going to talk about the movie. So, if you have not seen the movie or if you don't know the story, because this is based on a true story, so it's like real life stuff that happened. Um, if if you really don't want to hear it, turn this off. Go watch the movie and then come and watch the podcast afterwards. But we're going to talk about Jesus Revolution. In light of the Asbury revival that happened literally simultaneously, um, completely disconnected from one another, um, but happened very right. similar times. So. so anyway, we will be right back to talk about the Jesus Revolution movie. All right, we're back. So did you eat popcorn during the movie? I did. I ate it. My wife didn't have any of it. I ate the whole bucket the whole bucket. Myself.
1: You bucket lover.
0: Yeah, we went we went to Walmart and bought a bunch of uh candy and she stuffed it in her purse.
1: That's what my wife did. Well <laughs> we went to the Dollar Tree and stuffed.
0: Oh. Yeah well. We chocolate
1: chocolate's chocolate.
0: Yeah, I'd gotta have my Reese's pieces yeah, and my raisinettes. Those are those are important. But anyway, so we yeah, we went and uh, my wife and I had a date night a few weeks ago well, actually last weekend. Uh, got home uh from breakthrough and and wanted to spend some time with my lady and uh left my older girl with my younger girl and and took it took her out for a date night and we went and saw the movie it was um let's let's just go through what's what was your well, impression I, your I general you, impression? My date,
1: I went on my date with my wife to go see this movie and we s- stuffed her bag with candy and stuff, but did not spend money on the popcorn um, but we had to take our twenty two year old son with us. <laughs> Oh, Gideon. Because uh, his girlfriend went with Gabriel, my daughter, and so they went on their own a week or two ago to see the movie. Uh, Garrick went with his mentor uh, from church. Uh, they went and saw the movie and talked about it. So it was just me, my wife, and my 22-year-old. Yeah, good.
0: So there. So it really wasn't a date night. It really wasn't. That's okay.
1: I just had to share that. It was, I, it was supposed to be a date, but then she said, should we invite, should we invite Gideon? It's like, uh sure. I did.
0: I intended on this being you and I babe, but Yep.
1: Yep. So there was no it was just movie and candy. That's all there was.
0: <laughs> okay, so give your give your first we're not going to go there. We're just going <laughs> to bypass that comment and move on. <laughs> so, tell me uh first impressions, just very general. What did you think of the movie? Yeah. You know, cuz uh, cuz I, I think both of us agree that Christian movies typically cheesy cheesy the cinematography is usually pretty Horrible. bad and the acting is usually pretty bad so kind of
1: like a Hallmark movie
0: kind of like a Hallmark movie so from those three p- perspectives Sorry, uh you know the the cinematography the story uh the acting what did you think
1: yeah i thought it was very well done um of course acting acting can always be improved sure. but um but i think they portray things you know Accurately, I think, you know, the the look was appealing and the storyline, from what I know of the true story, the storyline seemed to be pretty spot on. I do wish they would have went all the way through to the end of um, Lonnie's life uh, and continued his story because there's a part of his story that, you know, wasn't shared in the movie. Mm -hmm. So um, but uh, but yeah, I thought it was well done all the way around.
0: Yeah. the So there are three the three main characters. You have uh, Greg Steer who is now one of America's most well-known maybe pastors, uh, preachers, uh, writes lots of books, leads a kind of revival type movement, evangelistic movement. Um, And then you have Chuck Smith who founded uh, Harvest Bible Chapel uh, or Calvary Chapel, sorry, um, Calvary Chapel. And then um, you have Lonnie, uh, Lonnie uh, Frisbee, who uh, ended up being one of the founders of the Vineyard Movement. And so, um, so three, three big guys in, in more modern Christian um, context, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, right about the same time that Billy Graham was doing his thing and Luis Palau and, and whatnot. So um, yeah, I would agree. I think the cinematography of the movie... Very well done. Uh, the movie itself was attractive and appealing. Like it didn't look like it was shot with a camcorder. <laughs> like It really, right, it really right. was done very well. They, they spent the money to, to shoot the movie very well. Um, I really, okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh no, go ahead.
1: Okay. So they, uh, I mean, it's PG 13, mm-hmm. uh, the movie.
0: There are some things in there that are, I, I've, I haven't let my oldest daughter see it yet. I haven't decided whether I want to do that yet, but yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Because, because it's the hippie era. Sure. You know and uh, and they got some drug scene in there and and stuff but uh but the I mean the Woodstock feel of you know like mm-hmm. like like the concerts and stuff with uh you know Joplin and all that they didn't hide the uh, they, they, they the, didn't hide the, that any of that well but they hid the nudity so there was like, they did hide there that was, there was like no which boob- is good no boobies in this thing so uh, <laughs> this is
0: the second time you've used the word I, boobies and, on well this you podcast. know I mean that
1: that was Woodstock that's true I mean look at the history of, uh, the history of things and and so so even though it's PG thirteen, it was very well done, and I would say, um, well, my fourteen year old handled it. So.
0: They and they didn't hide the the drugs. They didn't hide alcohol or um, tobacco, yeah. um, which a lot of Christian films they'll they'll like either it's skate like not past real. it or yeah. act like it never took place. And they they didn't do that. Um, and they didn't really hide the the. I mean, there wasn't any sex in the movie, but they didn't hide the fact that free love, you know, like they, right. they made it clear that that was taking place too. So, um,
1: you had to read between the lines.
0: I will say this, uh, the kid who played Greg Steer did a great job, um, was a very, very good actor. Um, and Kelsey Grammer, who, I mean, we all know from Frasier and, and other movies, he's a phenomenal actor in his own right. He Cheers. was, he was fantastic in this movie, um, playing pastor Chuck Smith. Uh, he just, he was my favorite character of the of the entire movie. to To watch him as a pastor deal with some of the things, and we'll get into some of this in a little yeah. bit. But he really played the part of a pastor very, very well. Um, I think he did credit to what we do as as pastors. So um, he showed he showed what we do on a on a regular basis and some of the the stuff we have to encounter in our ministry time. So. Yeah. Um, the other actors probably left a little bit to be desired. Um, they did okay. but
1: Hey, they came from youth groups. They did. It, it was youth group yeah. acting.
0: Um, and then the story in and of itself, I, I, I agree with you. I think the, the big thing that was left out is Lonnie Frisbee had some real trouble. Um, they kind of show the beginning of that at the end of the movie. Um, but he had some real troubles in his life, um, particularly in his ministry, um, basically being Excommunicated from his own movement, um, you know that's that's never yeah. a good thing.
1: And that wasn't the focal point of the movie. No, you know. So I, I I get that. I mean, so I I do think they stopped the story at an appropriate spot. Sure. Yep. Um, but for us on this side, right on the pastoral side, I would have liked to have taught my kids and have my kids see the impact of sin in a pastor's life. Yeah. And yep. And, uh, and so, but that's probably a whole nother movie, right? That's Maybe the, so. That's the sequel.
0: So. Yeah. And they and he. They did say that he reconciled, because at the end of the movie, you know that he's not in good, good terms with Greg Steer, uh, or Greg Glory, rather. There's your spoiler alert. Um, and he's not on good terms with Chuck Smith. And at the end of his life, he does reconcile in that, and that, that did happen. Um, but uh, but again, I mean, that's more nitpicky for us as past stuff.
1: So let's dig into hey, it. And it's our podcast. We can be as nitpicky as we want. To. That's right. Okay. So
0: one of the things that was very interesting about the Jesus Revolution movie um, just when it it came out in theaters is at the exact same time completely disconnected from one another the asbury revival yeah. or, or awakening happened um and i want to read real quick um uh, an article that i read that i think is really really good it's from a website called americasfuture.org and uh a young lady named Peyton holiday wrote this article and I'm going to read just a few pieces of it um, because I think it's really profound when she, she links these two events together. She says this revival has been part of our country's heritage since before the American revolution in 1776. What has been deemed as the first great awakening was led by Jonathan Edwards and George Whitefield. These two men encouraged the American people to bring back not just religious traditions, but the fear of God into their lives. Jonathan Edwards preached his famous sermon, Sinners in the hands of an angry God, reminding the colonists that their lives are but a vapor, and if they failed to repent, their souls were doomed. After the revolution in the early 1800s, another revival broke out known as the Second Great Awakening. This Great Awakening was led by circuit-riding preachers, Methodist Church, where we, our denomination came out of, um, who, wrote, who ride a circuit to preach at different towns throughout the week. Other revival fire fires followed at various times through American history. We, we tend to think of that as the Big Tent revival time, late 1800s. Um, and then recently, Jesus Revolution, a memoir movie on a revival in the 60s and 70s, hit theaters right at the same time as the 2023 Asbury Revival was happening. College students at Asbury University held their normal chapel service, which led to students continuing the chapel service into hours, days, and even weeks Curious onlookers and those in prayer over revival join the students and prayed alongside them for salvation, repentance, and renewal in the form of revival. And she points out that revivals are never planned; that they they just kind of happen because the spirit moves and people respond to the spirit. Um, in our church, we're talking about pray, listen, and act. Um, you know, this last Sunday, you talked about heeding God's word and and His voice and and following what He's saying to do. Um, but I think what's interesting is she points out that we we look at a movie like Jesus Revolution and specifically the, the hippie culture and we look at the Asbury revival and we don't see a whole lot of similarities, right? Because on the face, you're talking about kids that go to a very conservative Christian college, right? And then you have the hippies. <laughs> they aren't really the same crowd of revivalists. Um but I think it is interesting that in our country's history, this is a common theme. Revival takes place every, you know, 60 or 70 years or so. Um, there's, a, there's a revival that takes place. 60s and 70s, 2020s, we have another revival. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to be on that kind of cycle. Um, so when you saw the the Jesus Revolution movie, you knew what it was about. And you saw the Asbury revival. What were your thoughts? What what was something that popped into your head?
1: Well, I think it it, it almost looked like they were meant meant to go together. It's um, almost
0: like God planned it that way.
1: Because we're watching this revival unfold, right? This awakening uh, happen, and it it seems to be every time we turn around, there's there's a, a a prayer group breaking out. There's another worship thing. There's you know somebody's doing something for Jesus. The spirit's moving at the same time you're watching your your TV screen and they're promoting this movie and it's kind of like almost like you couldn't differentiate between the two. Like, are they, are they the same? Is this like the follow up of, you know, you know, of the revival? Um, so I thought it was very interesting how God just kind of put that together. Uh, it looked like it was intentional, which it was, I'm sure on the Lord's part, but, um, but I saw how God works that way. It's just, yeah. it's just like, he's got momentum, it's going, it's, it's happening. And, um, I think we have to back up even uh, not too long before the revival broke out. Um, we had the, uh, man, what was it? The Emmys, Grammys, Oscars, Oscars. I was getting there. That was the third one, <sighs> um, you know, with the whole devil worship and Satan worship yep. and the five minutes of fame. You know, let's not forget that that actually happened.
0: Yeah. And we said, we said on the podcast after that happened, when the Asbury revival began, we were like, it's it's the Holy Spirit. It's God saying, essentially, to to the devil, excuse the appre- expression, but hold my beer. <laughs> like you think you You're got right, something right, big? Yeah. Let let me show you what I can do.
1: Yeah. So five minutes, you know, of his time turned into you know days, weeks, months, years, and you know now I mean, it's still going generational. Right? Now so. it's
0: it's not still going at Asbury, um, right. as far as I'm aware. Like it's not like there's this constant nonstop revival happening, but there is revival taking place all across the planet now because of what started at Asbury.
1: Well, it starts with a communication, right? We're, we're, we're more free to talk about it. We're more free to you know, bring up in conversation because the fear factor of us being the weird Christian talking about revival and prayer and the Holy Spirit, you know, the revival, I think, dampened that a little bit. It, it opened the door for us to, for those people that are feeling uncomfortable talking about spiritual issues, which if you're watching, maybe that's you. Um, I know our church is full of people who are hmm. not comfortable talking about spiritual issues, but they're okay not talking about revival because, well, we just saw it happen on our TV screens. Um, so I think the same thing with the movie. We watch the movie, and we think it's some Jesus freak thing, uh, and it's opening the doors now for some conversations. So,
0: What's ironic to me is that when I look back at just, you know, it really wasn't that long ago, the Asbury revival, and I look at the the launch of this movie, um, we see in popular culture in the media um, people basically avoiding talking about the Asbury revival. Like of course, Christian circles, we were talking about it. Yee-haw um, more conservative leaning pundits were talking about it. But, but outside of that, the mainstream media, the political class, they're not talking about the Asbury revival. They weren't talking about this Jesus revolution and the connection between the two. Um, I, I, we don't believe in coincidence as Christians. Right. We shouldn't, at least. I I remember an older pastor that I used to have um, at a previous church. He would say it's God incidences. It's God actually like working things right. that way, and, and I would say that the the release of Jesus Revolution when it happened has everything to do with God knowing that the revival was coming and right. wanting to to make that connection for us as Christians and us as humans. Um, so so we talked about our first impressions of the movie, Jesus Revolution. We talked about um, some of the overall themes that we saw. Um, what were some of the things in the movie that really struck you, uh, things that will stick with you about the movie?
1: So, so one thing to add to what you, before we get into that, so remember that question, because I'm probably going to forget the question. <laughs> um, but, you know, during the revival, the um, um, Hollywood, um, you know, and I don't know, Hollywood, and let's just, without going into the whole name thing, the whole, um, you know, there's some people in the media, uh, social media, news media, you know, that wanted to go, there's some some prominent worship bands and leaders mm-hmm. that wanted yep. to show up at the revival. They wanted to sit in the audience. They wanted to be on stage. They wanted to do you know. They just wanted to be a part they of they it. They Want to be part of it, and you know the you know kudos to the the college for saying yeah no we don't want you to even show up. We in, in we're, we're we're protecting this right. In um, scripture talks about hemming you know Lord hem us in. And that's kind of what the university did. They kind of hemmed in around you know the the spirits moving there and and did some protecting. And I mean people got kind of upset about that and like oh yeah you know they're look now they're they're too good for this and really uh i think some of the the news media people that were told or asked not to come they handle it pretty well right um but at the same time uh we have to we have to understand that our job and the college's job was to protect what the spirit was let me
0: doing. ask you this so the the college hemmed in um near the end there Pretty significantly, they they put in a schedule for who could be at the revival at different times, right. and um, you know part of that is their college and students have a responsibility. They're getting they're paying to go to school there, you yeah. know, to do certain things, and so. But do you think that that hemming in, quote unquote, dampened and eventually stopped the the revival from actively taking place? Yeah,
1: you know, I did at first. I did it first, but then when you watch. The, the map the demographic map of where revival, you know, spread to when they started doing that is when you notice the ticks around the globe uh, of revival spreading. So mm. I think what it did it actually catapulted people away from asbury, go, yeah, you know. And I thought that was pretty cool when you watch the when you watch the map just kind of start it's just it's appearing all over the globe. Sure. Without them doing that, I mean, sure. I mean, if God wants revival to happen, it's going to happen. But I think that was probably a catapult, looking back in all hindsight, that was probably really healthy for the revival. Hmm. So, okay. right, so back to your question of what stuck out. Yeah, what
0: stuck out, what's going to stick with you about the movie that, you know, something that maybe you didn't know about the story or oh. just part of what was in the, the t- telling of the story that stuck out to you?
1: So so I, I think I I'd probably go, well, I thought the airplane thing, dropping drugs, was, was, was kind of cool um, actually. <laughs> it was cool. Uh, it was, it was you heard cool. it here. Yeah.
0: Pastor Eric thought it was real cool well, that they because, were dropping jugs from an airplane.
1: Because I think, I mean, cause that, that was true. That happened. That was, that was, you know, they, they did that.
0: Yeah. The acid tabs um, or whatever. Yeah.
1: And, and, uh, and so that was, I thought, you know, for a Christian film, they probably would have like deleted that. Right? Sure. In, in sure. editing. They didn't, they didn't hide it. Um, but then they took that scene a step further and they went, uh, and, and saw or showed a little bit of the effects of, of the acid, uh, mm-hmm. the attitude of what acid was supposed to do, what they were looking for in the drug life, to mm-hmm. you know one of the girls almost dying, you know with with yep. an overdose. Mm-hmm. Um, they showed just enough to give you the story. The main female um, character, sister. You know, again, PG-13. It was in there. Um, I thought they did a, a really good job with that. I may mean, I kind of chuckled a little bit because they did kind of just how quickly they ended it and moved downward. the story was a little bit cheesy mm-hmm. um they didn't really they didn't really show the after effect and the fear of you know what really happened there but um so i thought i thought they did good with that um because i think that relates to our culture today um uh, but i think one of the first things that really stuck out to me was the uh, the initial table conversation when mm-hmm. um when chuck daughter comes home and brings this hippie home that she picked up along the, along his, the road. His right? face when
0: he sees him in his house is just, yeah. Like he, I could totally see myself having that exact same yeah. reaction.
1: I mean, cause he's a pastor and this is not the guy you want to bring home to daddy. I mean, this is not, I mean, well, this guy would walk in.
0: And the thing is that he comes downstairs. Chuck does. He's got his robe on, right? He just woke up. It's yeah. morning. His
1: daughter's even say, Hey dad, there's another guy in the house. Well,
0: his daughter's in the kitchen. This guy's standing yeah. in the front room, this hippie guy. I mean, I'm, I would be a little, like, what are you doing in my house? Right. Who are you? And
1: then the look on his face when he realizes that his daughter and this guy have spent the night together. (laughs) Yeah. um, You did what? (laughs) Talking, you know. Um, And uh, she was trying to talk to her dad about give him a chance, just listen to what he says. And uh, so they went and, you know, he, I mean, his daughter didn't really give him the opportunity um, to deny that. Um, Remember, they kicked him out. Mm -hmm. He went over, walked to the door, okay, Close the door and Dart walks over, opens the door. The guy comes back in, and just I thought they portrayed Lonnie in a very, very authentic way of just the hippie Jesus mentality, um, the free spirit. And uh, and to watch that pastor's heart, to watch Chuck's heart around that table when Lonnie was telling him that, hey, you know, Pastor, you want your church to grow, um, your church isn't open to us. Mm-hmm. And, and how many times do we hear as pastors? You know, hey, you got to love everybody and love this person, love this group. And, you know, the purple hair, the no hair, you know, the fat, the thin, the tattoos on the face. I mean, you know, we we hear all of that. Um, But I thought they did a really good job of portraying Chuck's demeanor around that table because he so wanted just to get up and walk away. But there's a moment there where 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 Kelsey Grammer's uh, he, he did a great job with his eyes the emotion mm-hmm. in his face it showed because that's where my heart's been sometimes so i like it's a pastor's heart you know what you're 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 right i can see our church is not going to accept these people yeah um and uh and that just kind of went so so that that was one but they took it into the church uh you know kelsey took it into his church and um uh, and just uh had church people right just kind of like pastor. these people, who are these people? And they, they portrayed it to where it was like the Christian, the suits and ties, the gray hairs, uh, typical, I would just say, Nazarene people over here and the rest of the world over here. Oh, <gasps> and, look and what you got. Check you out. Anything to get Sorry. on a podcast, huh? Not true. Oh, not true. Gabe. You got to get the camera at oh, there, least. There,
0: there she is. There she is.
1: There Hi. Hi, Thank everyone. You. Thank you. Have well, she's bringing me coffee, <laughs> bringing you baby cocoa, baby cocoa. And I got a baby coffee. Okay, bye. Thanks. Thank you. Wow, that's nice. That was
0: good. Yeah, I, uh, I I think that th- the interaction between the church people and Chuck Smith was very interesting in the movie, and and again. Kind of like they did with the drug stuff. They didn't hide the the warts that churches have, and the yeah. the way that church people can beat up a pastor and bully a pastor. Because there's this one scene where Chuck is in his office and he's talking to these three uh, elders in the church, three older guys, um, and and the one guy tells him he looked like he would maybe like be a chairman of their church board or whatever elder board. And he, he basically says, You're going to tell these people to leave or my money's leaving. Right. And let's pull the money card. And and we fortunately have never experienced that personally, but we know people who have experienced that personally.
1: Um Well, I think I've experienced it from the from the backside of that where people, you know, have left the church and then it trickles back to me like, Hey, you know what? Uh, income's a little little down. Why why is that? Well, you know, so and so left and you know, it's like, well, that wasn't my choice, but what I've learned is that whenever somebody leaves and they pull the money card, God has two people to replace them. Mm. Almost every time that I can say that I can put two people to it, one might tithe, one might not, but God blesses
0: that. Well, and I can tell you based on, you Being know, we, faithful, talk, we talked we talked about Ananias and Sapphira in a previous podcast episode. Um, God doesn't take kindly to using money against the church. Yep. So, um yeah, I think the other, the other profound thing to me, um, it's similar to what you said, but throughout the entire movie, to watch Chuck Smith's character, uh, Kelsey Grammer just did, it, again, a phenomenal job playing a pastor, but to see his heart and to see how Chuck Smith...
1: This coffee's really good, by the way. Good.
0: You were chewing the other stuff. So I was. It was horrible. Um, to see To see the heart of a pastor portrayed not as a goofy or as a hard mean person cuz i mean even in a lot of christian movies it's usually the pastor's a goofy guy or the pastor is just this weird hard nosed rude like tough as nails type of character a lot of
1: people are i mean pastor just weird yeah
0: but they they portrayed the the realness of a of a pastor and and i, I really appreciated that I, I sat through that movie and and i'll be honest it it wasn't a movie i'd go see again i mean like i've seen it once it's good enough for me Um, so I'm not giving it like two thumbs up or anything. I mean, it's like a, maybe a thumb and a half or a thumb and a third. (laughs) Like it was, it was well done, but it's enough to see it one time, I think. Um, but that's the thing I appreciated the most about the movie is that it really portrayed the realness of a pastor and, and, um, and the struggles. Um, I think the other cool thing that they portrayed is the. All three of them, well, particularly Lonnie Frisbee and Chuck Smith, they portrayed the the loving hearts of pastors. And so like Lonnie Frisbee gives a car to Greg Laurie's character, which yep. again really happened. It was a piece of junk. But to see Greg's face about how excited he was to have a car, like that right. was his own that he could he could claim to be his own. I remember, there's a scene where he pulls up to the girl his girl interest, who he's still married to these days at this time, but um, Greg pulls up to the house and the dad, her dad is looking at the car like, yeah,
1: what? And the door won't open. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, which I've been there. So I t- my, if my wife is watching this, she knows exactly what I mean. Um, but then, then, uh, Chuck Smith at the end of the movie, spoiler alert, uh, he gives the keys to the first church that Greg Laurie s- yep. led in.
1: And just walks away from it.
0: And just walks away. And it's his, he said it's his church. Like, that's, that's a really cool thing.
1: I wish it would have said the dollar amount that he paid for it.
0: I don't know. I think that would have ruined it. I think it was just. It,
1: I just wanted to know.
0: Well, because we're pastors. Oh, yeah, we. I was curious. How much was that church building? I know. <laughs> Is that church building for sale? No. Does that, it have a gym?
1: That, that, that was one of my, my, my coolest moments, too, to watch that uh, interaction. But then what happened after that? Um, I mean, they obviously sped things up in the timeline, mm-hmm. um, but in that same spot, baptisms that had taken place uh, and that had stopped um, during the transition in this movie ha- had started up again yeah. with, with Greg, and, uh, and and I thought it was cool because even today, Harvest Church still baptizes in the same spot.
0: Yep, at so. the uh, Pirates Cove or whatever yeah. it's called. I. Um, yeah, it's so I would highly recommend if you haven't seen the movie, I would definitely go to see it. Um,
1: now, you said you want to go see it again. I don't know if I'd go see it again, but I would, you know, I would, I'll watch it again online. And, oh, sure. And it would be a great movie to watch with people um, yeah. that maybe are just kind of fringe around the church or maybe uh, are just kind of question about his church, you know, pastors, weirdos, those kind of things. Uh, to just just come, I, I can't say there was a real strong gospel presentation to it. Um, more than it was the Christian's perspective of what our heart needs to be like.
0: Yeah, um, and I I think it, conversely with showing it to the kind of the fringe people, I think it might be it might be an interesting interaction to do a movie night with some of your hard nosed cold, colder church hand, people. Handpicked, yeah, hand-pick some people <laughs> and and sit down and watch the movie together and discuss it and see if they find themselves resonating with the yeah, quote unquote villains of the of the movie. I mean that the villains are the people that wanted the hippies to go away. Yeah. And so I, I just that would be an interesting interaction, but yeah. uh, definitely a valuable film to go see. And I think again, one of the, the just the really unique things about this as a Christian movie. They did not hide that Greg Steer or Greg Steer. He's another pastor in I know I followed you though earlier. Greg Laurie. Um, the Greg Laurie's mom was a woman who chased men um, in bars. They didn't hide the fact that she was a drunk. They didn't hide the fact that she smoked cigarettes and near he's, he was worried she was going to kill herself at the beginning of the movie with the, with the, the, she had fell asleep with a cigarette in her hand. Right. Right. Um, and he went to make sure that the cigarette was put out so she didn't set the trailer on fire. Um, you know, they didn't hide that stuff and they didn't even sugarcoat it. They really showed you the, the reality of but what they
1: made it. sure mom's hair was done really nice when she was laying in bed. That's true. That was not even true. So you can't be, I afraid. don't know. They're,
0: they probably had a lot of hairspray in their hair well, back then.
1: Well, uh, that's true. Well, no, that was seventies <laughs> though. So I don't think hair 60s. Was, uh, that the the 60s, that was the end of the sixties. Well, okay. Um,
0: the big be- beehive haircuts.
1: Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. She was she had two guys of hair. No,
0: no. Yeah, and and but again, I, I think they showed a bar scene, which in a lot of Christian movies you don't see bar scenes. They they did that. Um they showed her being drunk driving a car, which again, Christian films don't typically show those sorts of things. Um I, I liked the realness of it in in not hiding the again the warts, the things that were negative um that both Greg Laurie and Chuck Smith and even Lonnie, Lonnie Frisbee to a lesser extent. I mean, they showed the, the division between him and his wife uh, a little bit at, at times. Um, uh, they ended up divorcing um, at some point after where the film is set. But, um, but anyway, I, it, just, it was a good film. I, 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 will, I, would, I would say it's worth a watch if you have not seen it yet.
1: So, so one, one reason why we're talking about this today is because it does intersect culture and the church in a, in a very real way. Uh, for all the things that we just talked about, um, but I think for our viewers and listeners, I think I think you have to ask yourself the question: uh, How do you react to people who are not like you um, as a Christian um, who say they're Christian but they don't act like you? <laughs> um, I think the movie really looks at that from lots of different angles because, uh, especially in the church scenes, um, even in the tent revival scenes, uh, you know, there's there's times where um, this is not uh, probably feeling real good if you're that church person that doesn't accept your brother and sister for who they are, what they look like, how they uh, they live their life, or the nonchalantness or the the freedom you know that they they live by. Th- that kind of that kind of lifestyle just drives me nuts. Because I mean, you know, we're <laughs> says if you don't if you want to eat, you're going to work. and our culture, is not about that. Our culture is about well, I want to eat, so government pay me. You know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. But uh, there, that was a whole rabbit trail there. But um, but but I, think, I think if you're watching today, I think you really do have to ask yourself, how, how, am, I a, am I stopping the, the spirit from moving? Am I stopping uh, people from you know, interacting with God because they don't look like I look or they, they don't have the same values that, that I maybe have? Um, we have to be really cautious of those that critique and downplay the power that moves God because there is power that moves God. And if you're constantly critiquing that, or if you're critiquing people who just downplay, hey, the revival was not really a big deal. The about point of the spirit wasn't really a big deal. You, you're, you're like downplaying the power of God that, that he has to move, um, because that's the same power that kept, G, that kept people from recognizing Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, downplaying the power of Jesus as he walked, as he breathed, as he did miracles, as he did You know, his healings as he fed thousands of people, you know, rose people from the dead, rose people from the dead. Yeah. I mean, so be cautious of your critique and downplaying the power of God, because uh, we're coming up on Easter. And I think this is a great time for us to talk about this topic, because we downplay the power of the cross. We downplay the power of the tomb. We downplay the power of the resurrection and uh, the ascension. We downplay the, the power of what happened with Jesus and Peter on the road to Emmaus. We downplay a lot of things. But we don't really stop and think about how is that keeping people from recognizing Jesus. And it does. You have the power to keep people from recognizing Jesus. And I think the movie did a great job at throwing it at the pastors and go pastors you gotta love the blue-haired people mm. you gotta love the bell-bottom people you gotta love the people with the shirts wide open and showing that one chest hair out you know not taking showers people who stink and have the bo who don't shave their legs or armpits i mean you gotta love those people mm. and and you know i think chuck kelsey Grammer. i think he did a great job at showing me as a pastor as a reminder to me like I have got to be mindful of who comes in our church doors, walks on our campus, or who is asking for advice or help during the week uh, that I don't plan on seeing, right? That just kind of pops in. Uh, it's at those moments where I think we give the best advice as pastors is because it's not planned, it's not rehearsed, but we got to stay on our toes and go like, okay, I can't critique this person. I have to show them Jesus. Yeah. And just because they don't look like me or think like me, um, you know, They don't sing a hymn, but they don't sing a, a praise chorus either. Right? Mm. They, they, they don't have that, but they're still capable of comprehending the Word of God. And I think that's what my bottom line for the movie is. It doesn't matter how smelly you are, how, how different your lifestyle is, the, the, the addictions that you're in, uh, the hurt that you have in your life and in your past, uh, the darkness you see in your future, you can't see the light. I think the movie does a great job at portraying. All of you are still able to comprehend the word of God. Mic drop. Boom. Coffee is great.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Well done.
1: I'm done, and we got three minutes and fifty two seconds left. That's okay.
0: Um, yeah, so I would I would just end with this. Asbury revival just shows that revival still happens. Uh, I can tell you, breakthrough a couple weeks ago, uh, we saw revival in a small scale breakout. On Saturday night, while we were there, um, three waves of kids coming to the altar. Um, I think that's that's what God does. You know, when,
1: when when you have a guest speaker come to an event like that, and and like I wasn't even at the event, but the speaker calls me because you were directing the event, and uh, the speaker and I are, are friends. But he, he called it after the event, like two days after the event, to say, "Dude." there was like three waves of revival that took place at that thing. He goes, I just got to let you know that that was a great event. God's spirit moved even in the midst of, <laughs> he, said, he said, even in the middle of all of the other stuff that was taking place and was being said, because uh, I guess there were some, you know, there's some, the, anyway, there were some things that were talked about that maybe were, could have been handled differently. He said, even in the middle of all that, um, God's spirit moved. So yeah. yeah, he's giving you kudos on that.
0: Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Jim actually, uh, his assistant emailed me yesterday and so wants to get on the show, ready to schedule it. So uh, we're going to get cool. Jim on and talk about just men and, and men. Some, of the, some of the things that men struggle with and, and yeah. need to be focused on and,
1: yeah. and whatnot. how can Definitely. we be better husbands and, yeah. and, so, and dads. Yeah, he, so. he is a manly man. He is a manly man. He a manly He's manly. way more manly than we are. So we haven't we haven't shared scripture today. So I want to share scripture today before we yeah. go. Uh, Habakkuk chapter three verses one. Habakkuk, ha, whatever uh, Habakkuk. I, I don't ha, know what the actual ha, pronunciation. Habakkuk-y, is. Habakkuk. Whatever. It's uh, however. It's in the Old Testament. It's it's Habakkuk. Um, he's a prophet, and he says this in chapter three. Uh, this is the prayer of this prophet. He says, "Lord, I have heard your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord." Repeat them in our day. Mm. In our time, make them known once again. In warmth, remember mercy. Mm. And I'm like, that's revival right there. That's all over. So, Lord, do it again. Do it here. Do it where you're at as a church. If you're not part of a church, get your hiney in church. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, pick a church, jump into it all the way, and then uh, make your prayer. Lord, I stand in in your way. And I want you to do it here today.
0: Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, thank you for tuning in today on the morning burrito podcast, and we will see you next week noon on Wednesday.